You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. It is a total takeover for the Christian who has surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout amen. And this is what it means to be baptized or completely saturated in the Holy Spirit of God. It's not so much that we need more of the Holy Spirit because we, have, we are given as much of the Holy Spirit as we will ever be given the moment that we place our faith in Jesus Christ. If you're young to the faith, chances are you've experienced your fair share of confusion between physical baptism and baptism of the Spirit. While many pastors are filled with nothing but good intentions, some of the explanations we hear often leave us even more confused. However, in today's message, Pastor Gary will help to clear up any confusion you might have regarding this topic. In his study, you'll learn that just as with full immersion, physical baptism, baptism of the Spirit represents full immersion into Christ. Now, here's Pastor Gary in the book of Matthew chapter 3 as he begins his message, The Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 3, and we'll begin reading in verse number 11. John the Baptist speaking here says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will throughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. I want to focus on this next part. He, that is Jesus, shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Today, my subject I want to preach to you on with the help of the Lord as I feel led of the Holy Spirit is on the subject of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I thought it would be a good time to look at the full in-depth meaning of what it is to be baptized into the family of God. I need to tell you that it's more than a ritual. I need to tell you that it's more than a formality. It is more than just going through some cute little motions and, and checking off your, uh, something off of your religious to-do list. Amen. God wants this to become not just a part of your life, but all of your life. If you look up the word baptized, it literally means fully wet. The idea is to be completely submerged, completely covered, completely saturated, and completely 
soaked. This identifies for us the reason that Jesus gave to us one of the two ordinances of the church, which is baptism, by way of full immersion, so that we could learn what it looks like in image form to be completely buried with Christ in baptism and raised with Him in newness of life. It is a complete and total transformation. You need to understand that God wants to do more than to sprinkle you with religion. Now, I don't mean to be offensive to anybody who's been sprinkled or christened or the such, but I want you to understand the reason that Baptists baptize in full immersion is because that's the way that Jesus was baptized, and that's the way he wanted us to get a picture of what it looked like spiritually when God moves into your life. That is, God doesn't want to just touch a little bit of your forehead or just a little bit of your hands or a little bit of your chest. God wants you to be completely soaked, saturated, submerged, and covered with and filled by the very presence of God in your life. It is a total takeover for the Christian who has surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout amen. And this is what it means to be baptized or completely saturated in the Holy Spirit of God. It's not so much that we need more of the Holy Spirit because we, have, we are given as much of the Holy Spirit as we will ever be given the moment that we place our faith in Jesus Christ. But it is how much more does the Holy Spirit need of you and me. Some of you just want to kind of step down into the baptismal waters ankle deep. Uh, and that's about as far as you want to go with God and your walk with God and in your Christianity. But that's not what God meant or intended or is looking for in your life. God doesn't want to just be a part of your weekly routine on a Sunday morning, uh, but he wants to turn your life upside down Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And if there was another day, he'd get it too. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, God wants to capsize your He wants to change your life. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Not some of them and not most of them, but all of them. And I'm glad for a God that wants to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. I don't know about you, but I want to be soaking wet with Jesus. Amen. I want him dripping off of me. I want him dripping off of my mouth. I want want him dripping off of my toes and my feet and the places that I go. I want them dripping out of my mind, the thoughts that I have and the intentions of the heart. I want to be soaked in Jesus. And that's what God wants for each and every one of us. Amen. Give God some glory. I recently learned, should have learned it a long time ago and I might have and forgot. You ever have that problem? Amen. That this used to be a a word that was very common back in the day. It was actually used in dyeing companies that would dye fabrics. And when they would dip that fabric into the dye, it was called baptizing the fabric. And what would happen is that fabric would take on the color and the characteristics of the liquid into which it was baptized. Now, isn't that just a beautiful picture 
of what God wants to do in your life today. He doesn't want you to get a dab of religion. He wants a Holy Ghost takeover in your life. He wants to touch every fiber of your being. And I don't know, I I worry about these Christians who claim the name of Christ, uh, but there's no change in their life. There's no fruit uh, that proves that they have repented of their sins uh, and turned their life over to Jesus. Uh, Even John the Baptist said, bring forth uh, fruit meat uh, for repentance. That is, uh, show some evidence. Uh, You coming out here to go through a religious rut and a routine. He had the same problem we have today, that people wanted just enough religion to satisfy their conscience, but not enough to change their life. Amen. Uh, But he was saying, look, if you really want to know what this is about, you're going to have to repent of your sin uh, and turn your life over to God, your creator. Amen. Uh, And John the Baptist came preaching in fire and he said, repent or you shall all likewise perish. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Jesus came in like fashion after John the Baptist preaching the same message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Can somebody say amen this morning? He wants you to be completely changed by the gospel. Now, what does it look like to be completely changed by the gospel. Let's look at our text again. Verse 12 said, whose fan is in his hand and he will truly purge his floor. By the way, God's got the floor if you're his. Amen. God has the stage if you're his. Amen. That may not be a proper application, but I like to say it that way. Amen. And it is true. God has the preeminence in your life if you claim the name of Christ. Or at least he should. And he said he would truly purge his floor. That's thorough. That covers every aspect of it. Amen. And I want to say say it this way. Number one, God wants to purge and saturate your mind and heart. The Bible, you remember when the disciples, uh, there were a couple of disciples after the resurrection of Jesus uh, that were walking along the road to Emmaus, amen? Uh, and they were talking about the things that had recently transpired about the, the crucifixion of Christ and all of that. And the Bible said in Luke chapter 24 and verse number 32, that they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures oh I love that verse because I I've experienced that burning in my heart uh, under the preaching of the word of God have you I remember the day that I got saved on September the 9th of 1990 my Sunday school teacher was teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ that morning uh, and then I the heart uh, my heart began to burn within me uh, as the Holy Spirit of God began to make it personal to me uh, and all of a sudden I realized God just was wasn't speaking openly for any random person that day, but he was speaking to Gary Caudle, amen, uh, and he opened up my spiritually deaf ears, uh, and he opened up my spiritually blinded eyes, uh, and on that day, I called on him for salvation, uh, and he saved me by his grace, uh, amen, and my heart burned within me at the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. That's why some people are very uncomfortable with this kind of preaching today, because their heart 
hearts begin to burn within them. Uh, They begin to see the error of their way and they begin to be convinced and convicted of their sin. That is, uh, realizing they're a sinner and not only that, but they have been found wanting before a holy and righteous God. They realize uh, that all of a sudden they thought they were okay, but now they realize uh, that outside of Jesus Christ, they're in trouble with God. uh, And if they don't put up their faith in Jesus, uh, they will die and go to an eternal fire called the lake of fire. Amen. And the Bible teaches us uh, that the word of God and the spirit of God will begin to do a work in your heart and he will cause your heart to burn at the preaching and the teaching of God's pure word. Somebody say amen. And that word after you get saved, after you give your life to Jesus, he begins to purge your heart and mind. He begins to saturate your heart and your mind. And the Bible instructs us in the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You see, uh, this book ought to give you the mind of Christ. Uh, uh, This book ought to teach you how to think like Jesus. Amen. Uh, This book ought to teach you what to want the things that Jesus wants uh, and to do the things that Jesus does uh, and to say the things that Jesus says and uh, to go the places that Jesus would go. Amen. Uh, We call it what would Jesus do? That's what we say here uh, in our modern day. uh, And that's a very fair question to ask. Uh, Does your life resemble Jesus Christ? Uh, That is, have you carried on both the color and the characteristics of the one into which you claim to have been baptized into? Or are you the same color you was before you went into the baptismal waters? Because let me tell you something, unless you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can go through that baptismal pool as many times as you want to. Are you hearing me? But you'll just go down a wet, a dry center and come up a wet center. Amen. Uh, but if you're saved by the grace of God, it's just a testimony of the something that's going on that's much bigger than the water in our baptismal waters. There's nothing holy about that water up there, but there's something holy about the Spirit of God that lives within you and abides within you. And He wants to deliver you out of all your sorrows and your troubles and your sins. Amen. I'm glad that God is able uh, to change the heart of the coldest sinner. Uh, I could give testimony after testimony of lives that were ruined and wrecked by sin. Uh, and God changed the heart. And he said, I will take away your stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. Uh, and some of you have been cold and indifferent. Uh, and religion has taught you to be cruel and stupid stern and rigid and religion has taught you to be mean and religion has taught you to be cold and calloused but the spirit of God the Bible says the letter killeth but the spirit giveth life and when you get under some Holy Ghost filled preaching all of a sudden God's doing something for you that dead cold dry religion was never able to do for you and it stirs you and moves you and some of you get mad about it and some of you are drawn to it and I'm telling you Either way, you need to make a move towards God, amen, because God wants to purge and saturate your heart and mind. For what good is it to change a habit if the heart never changes? Oh, yeah, you, can, you might can quit sinning for a day or two. Might. I, I kind of doubt it. Amen. We're all prone to wander in our flesh. There dwelleth no good thing. Even those of us who are saved, if we don't have the aid of the Holy Spirit, we're prone to wander. Amen. If we don't stay in that book, we'll wander off too because this flesh 
seems to seek the preeminence in our lives. This flesh wants what it wants, and it's hard for it to take no for an answer. It's a stubborn thing. Can I get an amen? But let me teach you something about the power of the Spirit of God. Some of you think that you can't kick the habit. Some of you think that you can't overcome your sin. But what did he say? Whose fan is in his hand, he will really purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner. This fire of the Holy Spirit of God has never met a challenge that it can't win against. Amen. It has never met a sin. The Bible says uh, that he will not lead, uh, that, that you'll not face a temptation, uh, that God will not make a way of escape for you. I'm telling you, the fire of God's word and the fire of his spirit is more than enough uh, to help you live the life of an overcomer as a believer. Amen, church. He won't wants to purge and saturate your mind and your heart. Uh, that's why repentance is not a change of habit. It's a change of heart by which the habits naturally change. Amen. Uh, and if you don't change your nature, uh, you're not going to do anything worth a hill of beans in the eyes of God. That's right. If your nature ain't changed, a dog barks because it's a dog. Sinners sin because they're sinners. Amen. And as long as we, as long as humanity refuses and rejects the gospel of Jesus Christ, they will live right on in their sin. And some people try to, uh, try to hide their sin. Some people try to, like I was saying earlier, just get a little dab of it, uh, of religion, to try to maybe appease their conscience a little bit. But even that don't work because they lay awake at night. They have no peace in their heart. They have no peace with God. They, 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 they're in turmoil of their soul. Their heart and mind are, are twisted and knotted. And they can't seem to be satisfied with the unanswered questions of their soul. Why can't I overcome? Why can't I quit sinning? Why am I so bad? It's because you've never allowed the Holy Spirit of God to take over in your life and to teach you to be an overcomer. Amen. He wants all of you, not just some of you. He starts uh, by purging and saturating your mind and your heart. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 51 and verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That ought to be each of our prayers as believers in Jesus Christ, that God would create in us a clean heart and renew within us a right spirit. Amen. So that we're not fouled up in our mind. We're not fouled up in our heart and the Bible says it is with the mind that we serve the Lord well there ain't no wonder a lot of us ain't serving God our mind is nowhere near the book and nowhere near the God of the book and nowhere near the will of God for our lives so you're going to follow wherever your mind takes you amen that's right it is with the mind you want to know how to serve God saturate your mind with the word of God Amen. Get in this book and this book will get in you. Amen. It'll make a difference. I say it this way. You read it long enough and it'll make a believer out of you. Amen. You read it long enough and it'll do it. Something will give. Something will have to move. And I guarantee you, it ain't going to be the word of God. Hallelujah. He wants to purge and saturate your mind and heart. Number two, he wants to purge and saturate your mouth. You might as well say amen right there too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
James chapter 3 and verse number 6, the Bible says that the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Woo! Wow, what a definition. What a description for the tongue. And who could deny the truth of that definition? Who among us would ever dare to try to claim any goodness in the tongue of man? Is it not the tongue that sets, on, sets things on fire? I think of the power of the tongue to give life or to give death, to change the course in, uh, of, of history and mankind as we know it. The power of the tongue, good or bad? Amen. The power of the tongue can mend relationships or tear them in a thousand pieces. The power of the tongue can heal a marriage or completely obliterate a marriage. The power of a tongue can deceive the masses or it can win the hearts of nations and kings. I'm telling you, the power of the tongue is the most powerful instrument outside of God's power himself that he has given mankind. That's why it's important. That's why it's important to understand uh, that one of the first things God does uh, when He begins to saturate and purge your heart and mind is He begins to purge your mouth. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 5, after the prophet Isaiah got a good glimpse of the glory of God on his throne, he said, then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then the Bible said, then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand uh, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar and he laid it upon my mouth and said lo this hath touched thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin is purged you need to know that the first thing God wants to do is clean up your language amen uh, the Bible teaches us to let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth but that which is good for the use of edifying that a may minister grace to the hearers uh, but a lot of times uh, the biggest thing that we have trouble with is our mouth amen but you know what's going to happen when somebody's baptized by the holy spirit of god it'll get that department too amen because it's covering everything remember your mind your heart your tongue god help the christians to get all, go out and everybody knows you're a member of the church and everybody knows you're uh, this or that or the other and yet you cuss a blue streak when you get mad about something. It's getting quiet. Did not God change your heart? Then why is it not showing up in your language? You represent the Holy One of Israel. We have no business as people of God to give ourselves the excuse to let our tongue slip anytime we get good and ready to say what's on our mind. God wants to clean up your mouth. He wants to clean up your language. 
He wants to teach you how to talk like Jesus would talk uh, and to speak a blessing in places of cursing, amen, uh, and to speak a blessing over people and to love your enemies and do good to those which despitefully use you and persecute you instead of giving them a piece of your mind. I'm telling you, if the church of Jesus Christ were to be baptized in the Holy Spirit of God, uh, he would remove from us uh, the evil tongue. He would remove from us uh, the tendency and the propensity to let our tongue fly off the mouth uh, and just get frustrated and flustered and just uh, just give everybody our opinion. Uh, and I'll tell you, I tell you, I don't what who's that preacher think he is to preach to me like that. Let me go give him a piece of my mind. Or or what what did that person mean by what they said? I tell you what, I'm gonna call him up and I'm I'm going to tell them what I really think. And, and God wants to cool your tongue by cooling your spirit. You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to share these with your friends and family, too. This could be a great way to start a conversation about Christ and study the Word together. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to request prayer, please get in touch with Pastor Gary by emailing contact at garycuddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. True North is a ministry of Gary Cuddle Ministries. You can find out more by visiting our website, garycoddle.com. Would you like to come worship with Pastor Gary? Simply visit garycoddle.com for more details on where he pastors and how you can plan a visit. If you're not in the area, we still encourage you to find a local church body where you can learn from God's Word and spend time with other believers. It will be a place for you to grow in faith find support, and serve in ways you are uniquely designed to. With that, our time with you has come to a close today. Join Pastor Gary next time for more right here on True North.